You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Uh, welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, Nick Medelsky and Melissa Scacio coming to you live from Rochester, Minnesota, straight out of St. James Coffee. Um, if you're just tuning in, we just finished an interview with Paul Quinn, who is the executive director of Western South Dakota Catholic Foundation, talking about the Bishop's Hunt for Seminarians coming up October 6th and 7th. Um, and now we're on to our feature, in my opinion, our feature, feature interview today <laughs> um, with our very own Nick Medelsky. We're going to be talking a little bit because today is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, that is actually my parish. Um, it's where my children have gone and done their K-8 through education. I'm um, going to be talking about a little bit about the secular Franciscans. So, Nick, I know we listen to you ask questions all of the time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, which is the worst question, in my opinion, to ever have to answer. <laughs> you get to talk used about to yourself. It. You get yeah. used to it. Uh, but uh, my name's Nick Medelsky. I'm a listener relationship coordinator for Real Presence Radio. What that means is, obviously, I get to host on air on occasion uh, from down here in the Rochester area. Also, I take care of the... Uh, we have stations in uh, Austin, which is the station that serves Rochester, stations in Winona, and Montevideo. I, I uh, you know, take care of that. So what I try and do is connect with the local parishes and find ideas for interviews on air and things like that. So uh, that's kind of my, my function within the RPR framework. Uh, I uh, have four beautiful children. They're so cute. I've met them. They're so adorable. <laughs> Anne, Daniel, uh, Charles, and Joseph just came back in February. In fact, uh, yesterday was his uh, eight months. Uh, he's turned eight months old, so uh, very excited about that. Uh, we live in Wasika. We're Ukrainian Catholics. Uh, I am in the uh, formation program to be a deacon in the Ukrainian Catholic Church, and uh, we, we love living in Minnesota. Yes, because you weren't here before that, if I remember correctly, where you were... Because you used to go into Canada to go to church. So right. where were well, you before yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. Well, we lived in northern Michigan near uh, Petoskey, which is about an hour south of the Mackinac Bridge, Mackinac Island. Some people are familiar with that. Uh, it's a beautiful place to live. Lots of natural beauty there. A nice place to live. I grew up in Metro Detroit, so I always love being up north there. Uh, but my wife's uh, extended family all kind of lives around Owatonna and Rochester. And uh, we just decided with our little kids it would be great to live around all their aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. And we uh, decided to make the move out here. And you literally don't have to go to a different country to go to Mass yeah. anymore. Yeah, that helps, too. That helps, too. Um, so, Having to cross uh, the border to go to churches, yeah. you know. Oh, just, always a fun story. It's kind of fun, yeah. Um, smuggling back um, pierogi and uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Porsche. food. Uh, across the border, did that a few times. Uh, holy water, smuggling that across the border. Yeah, so uh, yeah, lots of fun with that. Yeah, lots of fun. Um, so you're on today because you're part of the secular Franciscans. Would you like to talk a little bit about what that actually means? Right. So uh, the secular Franciscan order is one of the three branches. Uh, I guess there's the third one. Is anyway, it gets a little confusing. But there's three branches basically to the Franciscan order that were founded by St. Francis. And the first order is the Friars. Um, So we have a few that serve here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, kind of out in the western part. Uh, But those are the guys in the brown robes. 
Uh, and they are like the, religious, right? Correct. They're, they're, they're religious, okay. right? They're they're, they're uh, ordained. priests or okay. deacons. Some of them are ordained, some are not. Okay. Um, but they're uh, brothers, right? They they live outside of the world, right? They live in a friary. They take vows of poverty, chastity, obedience, that sort of thing. Uh, the second would be the uh, the poor clares, and we do have poor clares now living here in Rochester. They're up there with the uh, the sisters at uh, uh, SEC Heights here in town. They just moved down from the cities. A year or two ago. Well, it might be two or three years at this point. Uh, so they're kind of the second order. And when we say first, second, third, it's not like a, a ranking system. Like, <laughs> like oh, they are oh, the best that, at the yeah, first? Yeah, no, the first, second. No, it's just chronologically what happened, right? Uh, when like when they St. Francis started preaching, right, obviously men came to try and live the life he did. Eventually, the women came. Um, St. Clair, right, heard Francis preaching and said, I want to do that too. And so they set up the second order. And the third order started, uh, basically, St. Francis went to a town. He was preaching. And all of them are like, all right, we're ready to sign up. We're going to uh, sell everything we own, give it away to the poor. And back then, it was more common. I don't know that this is still the case anymore. But uh, husbands and wives would separate. So they one could become a friar, one could be a nun sort of thing. Uh, I don't think that's something that happens much anymore. Uh, but they were like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. And St. Francis said, ho, 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 hold on. Hold Wait on. a minute. <laughs> like, that's that's nice. I mean, but the the radical embrace of the gospel that St. Francis preached isn't just something that you need to live in a friary or in a convent to live out, right? He said, this is something that people can live out in their day-to-day lives. This is, you know, get your ordinary job, your family, everything else. But living out the gospel radically, which is the call of every Christian, mm-hmm. uh, but to just live it in a more uh, structured way, I guess you could say. So secular Franciscans make up that, that third order. There's actually two parts of the third order. It's kind of confusing, uh, but this is the way history works because uh, all three of these were founded 800 years ago. So obviously there's a lot of history that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a, that a few things have happened in between. So at a certain point, members of the third order said, well, why don't we live this but live in community? So, for example, the there's the Third Order Regulars, which are religious, but they live the way of St. Francis slightly differently. Um, and people might know those from um, Steubenville, the Franciscan University of Steubenville. The friars that run that are actually technically Third Order Regular, okay. as opposed to Third Order Secular, like myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I've been a permanently professed uh, secular Franciscan for two years today. Oh, well, um, happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. So two years ago, I made my final profession. Uh, it's a process that takes several years, uh, just like it would if you were becoming a, a friar or nun or anything like that. Several years of formation and several years to make sure this is really where God is calling you because it is a vocation. It is something different uh, than just anyone does. So what kind of drew you towards, because they're like, last time we were on, we had some people who are third order Carmelites and like there are different charisms involved. So what drew you to the Franciscan charisms? Right. So yeah, there's, there's several different third orders. The Dominicans have one, Carmelites. Uh, there's a few other more, you know, fancy ones that I can't think of at the moment. Benedictines have their own group kind of thing. Uh, but what always drew me to the Franciscan charism was St. Francis himself and St. Clair, too, they're just so different from anyone that I've ever met in person. And, uh, for example, we we have a prayer service. Franciscans traditionally have a prayer service on the eve of St. Francis's feast. 
we call the transitus to sort of celebrate his passing into eternal life, his death. Um, and part of that is reading the story of his death. And uh, they, some accounts say he was singing as he died, Aww. right? They were singing the Psalms and praying the Psalms and things like that. And uh, this is a man who, you know, had the stigmata. He had the physical pain of the wounds of Christ for several years of his life. Towards the end of his life, he's going blind and just all this, like, suffering, right? But he's still praising God through all of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's crazy. And also, I want to know more about that, what I need to do to live like that. Not I want to have that, but just well, I want to yeah, live like exactly. he's living. But yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to think of, you know, all the little things in my life that, that put me off that, you know, start me grumbling compared to all these crazy things uh, that happen to St. Francis that he's makes him love God even more. And mm -hmm. I said, whatever that is, I, I, want, I want some of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know being a Franciscan uh, means different things to different people. Some people really like the, uh, you know, the love of creation aspect of it, which is definitely a, a part of it. Some people really like the, uh, the, the service to the poor. That's definitely part of it. Uh, but it's, for me, it's always been that, that joy in the face of, of suffering that uh, is, is just so unique. Uh, so much different from the way I live my life. <laughs> but I know, like, there, there's something in there that I th if I can even grab just a sliver of that, uh, that's something I want to want to have. And when I was in uh, college, I had thought about joining the Franciscans. And, in fact, um, before uh, Maria and I uh, dated, whatever you want to call it. Um, Courted. You know, yeah, whatever. Discern marriage. Whatever the right word yeah, is for whatever it, right? it is, yeah. But I remember telling God because before that I had met with a vocation director for the Franciscans out of Cincinnati and I literally remember telling God either you show me the woman I'm going to marry or I'm a Franciscan and it's all your fault <laughs> um, or you can be both <laughs> exactly <laughs> both well and. and that's and that's uh, after after a few years of marriage that that pull to be involved in the Franciscan family somehow was still in my heart and uh, looking into the secular Franciscan order very excited that there was a way that despite being married and in the world, which absolutely I love that vocation. I love being a husband and a father. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But that to still live that in a way connected to the Franciscan family and the Franciscan charism. And that was just so cool when I uh, really learned more about it and was able to meet with a group uh, up there in Northern Michigan and thought, this is it. This is, this is where I need to be. This is part, Part two of the vocation, I guess, and then the deacon is the third part. I don't know. They all kind of add up. It's it's a lot going on. Anyway, it's kind of interesting, it you know, <laughs> when you when you offer that to God and you're just like, just tell me. It's amazing how often He'll come back and give you everything you yeah, ever wanted, exactly. just because you weren't willing to. So let's to say offer this up. and that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but but it's worked out, and it's very much, uh, you know, it's it's a vocation that that just adds. It increases. Um, and, and feeds my vocation as a husband and a father. I really feel that. And a lot of the people I've met uh, through the secular Franciscans say the same thing. You know, this is very much something that comes naturally from our own spirituality as well as feeds our other vocations, uh, which I think is really, really important and really kind of cool. And gives you an excuse to wear sandals a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sandals. Yes, Nick uh, still has his sandals on, even though it's only like... You know. 60 degrees this morning. You got it. It's, it's October 4th. You got to rock the sandals. Still got to rock the sandals. <laughs>
Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> We're coming up on a break. I, so we are coming like, up on a break, and Nick usually does usually this I part. Drive the, uh, usually I drive the bus. So. Nick is looking at me like, go ahead and, and introduce the break. Um, so I guess I will, because he's actually the guest, so I guess it's my job. You know, live radio, it's really fun. Um, but yes, we're coming up on a break here. Um, Nick Wadelski and Melissa Scacio coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester talking about Nick's uh, vocation as a, a secular Franciscan. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come back after the break and talk to Nick some more about what that actually looks like and um, what living that life actually entails. So stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, He knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Deacon George Logering from St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo. We are all called to evangelize, but one does not need to be a Bible scholar to share an evangelization. My wife Marilyn and I see RPR Radio as an easy and effective way to share in spreading the good news of the gospel. That is why we, along with others, already gave challenge money up front. I am inviting everyone listening to join us with your generous gifts. May God bless each and every one of you. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken, every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central, here on Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. This is uh, Melissa Skacia with Nick Medelsky coming to you from Rock and Roll Rochester, as Nick likes to say, um, and out of St. James Coffee. And we are talking to Nick, actually, about his... Uh, vocation as a secular Franciscan. And uh, before the break, if you're just joining us, he shared a little bit about his story and what drew him to the secular Franciscans. So now I'm going to ask him what that process actually looks like. You've decided you're drawn to it. What does the process actually look like to become a secular Franciscan? Right. So it's a thing, uh, just like all of the other third orders, lay orders, secular orders, you know, we all have different names for them for some reason, probably because we're all different parts, you know. Anyway, uh, 
it involves a period of um, formation, right? Learning about the order, learning about the spirituality of the order, um, and seeing if it's a good fit. Uh, there's a there's a description kind of of the secular Franciscan order that comes. It's in the um, the rule, I believe, where it talks about the secular Franciscan order is uh, what's it? It's kind of a, a it sounds kind of goofy in a way, but it does make sense. It's an organic uh, coming together of different fraternities, which is what we call our local groups. Um, so really becoming a secular Franciscan is just as much about fitting into the local group, so the local fraternity. So that's very much a big part of it. So you can read about St. Francis, fall in love with his life, read about St. Clair, fall in love with her life, really want to live out that spirituality. But it's also part of getting together with other people and living out that charism, that spirituality together. That's a big part of it, uh, which is part of Claire's and Francis's life, too. If you read their life, that there's very much this idea they started out with what they thought God was calling them to, and then uh, what it looked like as more people joined the order and how that looked a little different. So there's a period of formation uh, after about, I think it was... I think it's three months uh, they might uh, do what they call officially welcome you um, which is just kind of a formal like hey you're here you're going to stick around yay um, we're happy to have and you and then there's <laughs> sort of a uh, a, uh, a, a first um, first profession sort of thing that's kind of a uh, okay you're serious about this um, you're sticking around we want to acknowledge that you're more part of our group now than than you than you have been sort of and then it's a year after that uh is basically depending on circumstances you know i had covid in the middle of my formation period so that threw things off a little bit um but uh that's still part of the process so after about a year you can make your your final profession um and at that point you are a franciscan forever according to the line of uh, uh saint francis saint Fr- i was gonna say melchizedek like <laughs> yeah not melchizedek so um but uh that's kind of how it works and uh if you're a secular franciscan for example it's it's more than being part of a um a bible study or the knights of columbus or something like that right this is a, a different sort of relationship established between you and the church um, I guess is the best way to explain that. Uh, so it's definitely something that you need to discern and take very seriously. And then after that final profession, uh, obviously it's not like, uh, okay, you're, you're a secular Franciscan, you can go do what you want now. Obviously you're still part of the fraternity that you're part of um, and still going to meetings on a monthly basis or however often they meet and things like that. And we're Franciscans, so uh, sometimes... Uh, organization is not our strong suit. Uh, so sometimes those uh, timelines are a little more fluid. But, uh, you know, again, it's it's a natural outgrowth of spirituality. It's, it was a natural outgrowth of my spirituality. So I knew as long as it took whatever form it took, the formation and everything, I knew that it was something that God was calling me to to go through. Again, to, to, to take on a more special relationship with the church and with the uh, Franciscan family. So now, my friends who are in Lake Carmelite, they have the scapulars, like, as their outward sign that they are of the Order of Carmel. Do you, what do the Franciscans have where someone would be able to tell, ooh, I see that, you're a lay Franciscan. Right. So, uh, secular Franciscans here in the United States, uh, we have what's called a tau. So, it is a, uh, the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, and if you look, it's in the, comes from the book of Ezekiel. 
Uh, God says something about going through the town and marking the uh, people who are doing penance with the sign of the Tau, mm-hmm. or Tav is sometimes how it's written. Which kind of looks like a T, right? Like a cross. Yeah, like a, like yeah. a T. Yeah. Like a T, like a cross, yeah. And that's kind of our, our outward symbol. Some people wear it around their neck, uh, like I usually do. Some people wear it as a pin, um, but that's kind of our, our sign uh as as secular franciscans so besides the sandals right yeah yeah the sandals the sandals are optional <laughs> that's uh, they're optional but the tower is optional the the, the tower is not <laughs> so um and uh yeah so and of course as a good secular franciscan i should say more than any uh symbol or anything it should be our our attitude to live out the gospel in the world that should be the sign of a secular franciscan yes the, your actions are speaking when exactly. your words are not kind of thing you know saint francis didn't say that i know he didn't but i like it but it sounds and like something you might it say, sounds so. like yeah just like the prayer of saint francis isn't really his but yeah. we just call yeah. it the prayer of saint francis like but, yeah oh it's kind of confusing. i like how collectively as catholics we just sort of decided eh, whatever it just it's just saint francis <laughs> we know he didn't write it but whatever. it's in the spirit of him so we'll just call it his prayer um so who can become a secular franciscan Right, so uh, it would be any Catholic who's not part of another uh, religious order. So, so you can only example, be in one, I presume. Right, so yeah. for example, a Jesuit can't become a secular Franciscan. If you're a friar, right, uh, in the Franciscan order, you can't also be a secular Franciscan just, you know, because it doesn't make sense. Uh, to be both. <laughs> right, so um, really anyone who's serious about their faith, who's uh, baptized, uh, confirmed, received their sacraments, all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, priests, deacons, they can become secular Franciscans as well. In fact, the uh, the minister, which is what we call kind of the, the, the person who runs the group uh, for the fraternity here in Rochester is uh, Deacon John DeStasio. Uh, so he's a deacon and he's also a secular oh, yeah, Franciscan. Oh, yeah, he comes across. So. Yeah, he comes in every Friday, actually. I know so him. He's, uh, <laughs> so he's involved with secular Franciscans and the, the minister of that group. So And some uh, clergy. Uh, belong to the secular orders as well so it's really anyone who's serious about their faith and in a, a catholic in good standing so to speak mm-hmm. uh, who's not already part of another group and it could be men or women correct right like, men or women yep now yep. do they separate in the francis because i know the carmelites they all meet together no yeah we all meet together it's a, okay. it's a co-ed a co-ed uh, sort of thing yeah so well that's good to know yeah um and do you have any advice for anyone interested in discerning vo- a vocation yeah, I think uh, it's it's important, of course, to do some reading, but I would say more than anything, uh, you need to, to go to a meeting. Find a meeting in your area, and you can do that by going to secularfranciscansusa.org, and they have a list of the different fraternities, when they meet, where they meet. You can also, uh, since all of Real Presence Radio is in one region uh, of the... Uh, of the secular Franciscans, you can go to queenofpeaceregion.org, and that'll list out all the different fraternities. You can find contact information. Uh, but really, it's not something you can do by yourself or just by reading books. It's really something to witness and, and see how it's lived out. Uh, well, thank you for explaining that. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, but we have to take a short break here. We're going to go back up to Fargo, and we're going to get a preview of tomorrow's show. On the next Real Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Dr. Chris Bergwald and Heather Carroll are your hosts, coming to you live from the Pastoral Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They will be talking with Rhonda Gruenwald about the first ever Deacon Sunday to bring awareness to the permanent diaconate. And Maggie Price and Jacob Fisher will be sharing about how the special needs ministry has helped one man experience the Mass in a new way. 
All this and much more is coming on the next Your Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank Very you. Cool. Um, and so, Nick, is there any... Well, first I should ask, um, as we're, we're coming to the end of the show, what is your favorite thing about being a, a, a lay Franciscan? Or a secular Franciscan, I should say. Yeah, it's, same thing. Same difference. Yeah, same right? difference, right? I know. We just call it secular Franciscan. I think my favorite part is really being a part of something bigger than me, if that makes sense, and being part of this group that is, uh, is like I said, over 800 years old, um, just to be part of this this group and people who've gone before and kind of this community of saints thing we have going on as Catholics, right? All the secular Franciscans who've gone before, who are ones now and who will come afterwards, just being part of this big family. And one of the things I really love, too, on a practical level is learning from learning from different people who are in different walks of life and different stages of life. I really like that, that the fraternities I belong to, whether it was in Michigan or here in Wasika, um, people of different ages, uh, people who have kids, have grandkids, some who, who haven't had either, um, and just the way that they live out that Franciscan vocation in different ways and being having a lot of that, uh, what do you call it, cross-generational stuff going on because it's hard to get that in a lot of places. <laughs> Nowadays, you don't have a lot of that uh, going on. So it's great to, again, see people who are serious about their faith and to see how it's lived out differently. You know, and sometimes that challenges me because my first impulse might be, well, that's not right, but is it is it not right or am I just not thinking about it the right way? So I really like that part of it too, being being challenged, I guess, to live out my faith and do it in a different way than I might originally. All right, and in our last couple seconds here, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners about the Franciscan, about anything Franciscan? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like I said, uh, I'd just like to encourage, if, if, if the Lord's put it on your heart to... If you've ever been interested in, in the Franciscans, if you'd like to know more, again, that website, secularfranciscansusa.org. Uh, you can go there and find the different uh, different fraternities that meet. And that queenofpeaceregion.org uh, will show you all of them that are here in Minnesota, North and South Dakota, uh, Northern Iowa, all over the place. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah. I, th- I made it through an interview. You did. I, I know. Good. You did a great job. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. God bless your day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.